Turn to Jonah. Uh, we're in chapter 2, verses 2 through 9. Hey, don't leave on me. Just uh, join us. I doubt we're going to get through the whole thing tonight, the whole 2 through 9, and that's, that's fine. We'll start it this week and finish it up next week. We're to the prayer. We are, we are inside the fish at this point. Um, interesting place to sing, but, and to pray, but, uh, maybe that's the best place to, to sing and to pray. Uh, let's read it. We'll start in verse one of Jonah two, just so we get our setting. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. I called to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. I cried out for help in the belly of Sheol. You heard my voice. You threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, and the current overcame me. All your breakers and your billows swept over me. But I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. The waters engulfed me up to the neck. The watery depths overcame me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I sank to the foundations of the mountains. The earth with its prison bars closed behind me forever. But you raised my life from the pit, Lord my God. As my life was fading away, I remembered Yahweh. My prayer came to you, uh, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forsake faithful love. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation is from the Lord. So it's a beautiful, a beautiful prayer, a beautiful song, a beautiful psalm here uh, that that Jonah prays. Now, there's. There's debate, um, people who think about such things, folks really wonder, did he, did he pray such a beautiful prayer from the inside of the stomach of a fish? Um, you know, I, it, it may not have been so eloquent. Uh, think of times in your life when you've been in the belly of a fish or in some other situation that felt that way. Where was your prayer so so melodic and so fluid? It might not have been. That's okay. Uh, what Jonah, I believe, realized when he when he came out of that fish after praying probably a prayer that went along with this. He, he, and and again, remember this is uh, I told you last week. These are a lot of psal- different psalms strung together. So it could have very well been that he was, as a prophet, who had memorized probably a lot of the Psalms, if not all of them, just repeating the things he knew. You know, it, it was he may have been to the point where he's thinking, you know what, there is no prayer I can pray that's going to be any better than the Psalms I have learned over my life. And so this is what he strung together. So while it sounds beautiful written, and as I read it, as we think about it from the inside of a fish, he's, he's reciting these psalms, praying to God. Um, and I think it was beautiful, because remember, as we're going to see here in a, a minute or two, and as I mentioned last week, the fish is deliverance. The fish is not death. He in no way believes that the end of, that he's going to die in that fish. Uh, he sees that fish as his way out of death, as we as we see when we read it. But we'll we'll talk about that more as we we go through it. Uh, so uh, what I began with, I don't think he looked back and said, 
uh, well, I was kind of, uh, kind of hysterical when I prayed in that fish. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna clean it up a little bit here and smooth it out some and record something a little bit better. I, I think all he could do was pray scripture back to God, uh, because he knew his words would fail, but God's word wouldn't. So, that's where we, that's where we are. He's inside this belly, uh, this, this fish, this sea creature, and verse 2 says, I called to the Lord. This is a turning point. This is the turning point in Jonah's attitude. All this time, he has been unwilling to pray, unwilling to call out to God until now. Um, and, and again, one more time, he... He's in the belly of the fish. This is when he is praying this prayer. As we go through the prayer, we see that he did pray to God toward the end of his time in the water. But that wasn't his first thought. Uh, we, we see him struggling. As he describes it, he's struggling. The waters are breaking over him. Seaweeds wrapped around him. He's gone down to the foundations of the earth. He is almost dead, basically, when he says he finally calls out to the Lord. And it's really just probably along the lines of God save me. When the fish comes, he recognizes that fish as his salvation. And then he prays to God. Then he really talks to God, not just save me. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to spend some time here with God. So he called it to the Lord, this this turning point. He, he didn't pray to God when the captain requested it. He didn't pray to God when the crew was praying to their lifeless, dead gods, which even Jonah mentions, uh, though indirectly, in verse 8, those who cling to worthless idols, uh, they uh, forsake faithful love. He, all those times, he was just whatever and nope, and basically, if I pray to God, he might, uh, he might talk to me, uh, might tell me what I'm doing is wrong, uh, so I'm going to ignore God and, 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 and put him behind me as far as I can. And, uh, well, when the time comes, though, God has his attention. And he turns to God. Uh, too late? No. See, that's the beauty of it. It's never too late. I mean, when, when you're dead and gone, it's too late. When God has said, no longer will I use you, 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 are, you have made your choice, you are on your own, I'm giving you over to what you have said for so long you wanted. And, and God does do that. He does it with individuals. He does it with churches. I mean, how many just dead churches are in our country right now because they have for so long fought against him? And, and I, I think we can go to the letters in Revelation where he talks about removing the lampstand. I believe that has happened to too many of our churches where God has removed his lampstand. At one time, they have may, they may have been vital thriving, mission-doing, uh, evangelist, uh, evan- uh, evangelism-sharing uh, churches, but they have lost that. It is... I even hesitate now to say it's too late. Can they get it back? Maybe. But I think there will come a time when, when churches, just like individuals, can never, can never get it back. So well, it was never too late for Jonah. It was never too late for him to cry out to God. It was never... If I were God, I'm not. Just so y'all know. Um, 
in case anybody was confused, I don't looking around. I don't see anybody that was. Um, I I would have. I almost would just. Oh really, Jonah? Now? Oh sure, yeah. Now you want to pray to me when you're about to be digested? Sure. Oh yeah. Suddenly I'm your God, right? Oh Lord, my God. I I really would have, and and uh, that's that's one of the reasons I think I'm not God among others. Um, but that's not what God did. God heard him, and he answered me. I called to the Lord in my distress, verse 2, and he answered me. That's the gracious God that we serve. That when we have, when we have run from him, when we have continued to run from him, when we have ignored him, when we have put people's lives, people's souls in jeopardy, because we have ignored him, because that's what Jonah did. Jonah could have told these sailors about the true God, and he didn't. He held off constantly. I mean, they got to see the power of the true God. They came to realize it, but it was in spite of Jonah, not because of it. When we have run, when we have, have endangered people's souls, and we get to where we absolutely have no hope, God still hears our prayer and answers us. There's no one too far gone. There's there's no one that God cannot and will not redeem. Whether we're talking about someone who's never trusted Christ at all, and we think there's just no way that person can be saved, or whether we're talking about a Christian that has run from him and disobeyed him, or whether we're talking about a, a church that has refused to be a part of the mission uh, that, that God has called them to, it is never too late to change and turn around. It may be difficult. It may require some incredibly uh, painful steps, like getting vomited onto a beach by a fish. It, it may require some some major, major attitude readjustment. But we are never so far from God that he will not answer us. Um, there, there's there, Even for Jonah, y'all, in this... This just little phrase, and he answered me, there's a bit of surprise. Even Jonah, I think, is a little surprised, and we just kind of see that in the way it's phrased. I called out to God, and, and he answered me. You know, can, can, you, can you hear him telling the story? When, he, when he's writing this down somewhere years after Nineveh has, has turned, and they, they have uh, followed God at least for a season, and he's writing it down, and maybe he's telling uh, his prophet buddies at Starbucks uh, about it that, you know, boy, I have a hard church. Well, let me tell you about mine, Jonah says. I had to go to Nineveh. Oh, yeah, how'd you get there? A fish. You know, he's, uh, he's telling, wait, Nineveh's in the middle of the desert. Yeah, I know. Hold on. Uh, so he's telling this story, and then he says, but in the belly of the fish, I, I cried to God, and he heard me. And his, his prophet buddies are going, man, that's the God we serve, isn't it? And Jonah's, yeah, it is. That, he, he, but he's surprised. Um, God answered this this renegade prophet. Uh, I think there's hope for us there. There's how do I how do I say this? There there's the Bible is clear that if if you aspire to be a teacher, be careful because you will be held to a higher standard. Uh, you you are you are look seeking a, a good thing. It says. But be careful. 
Uh, you, you will be held accountable for what you have taught, what you have not taught, etc., etc. So if God will answer the renegade prophet, the man who, who was not just a teacher, I mean, this was more than, and, and I'm in no way uh, belittling Sunday school teachers, but this was more than just a Sunday school teacher. This was, this was more than, than, than the pastor. As, as much as the pastor preaches God's word, I hear from God, but it's never anything that's not here. It's, it's, it's what I need to tell y'all. That's what I hear from God. God tells me what to tell you from what he's already said. Prophets got to talk to God directly. I know we get to talk to God directly. Prophets got to hear scripture as it was written. I mean, do you see the difference? And that guy, that renegade prophet... God answered. My point is there's hope for everybody. If if God will hear the renegade prophet, he will hear the renegade church member. He will hear the 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 renegade backslidden for lack of a better term Christian. He will he will hear us all. He he doesn't doesn't say, well, you are you, you were better than or 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 you you had more responsibility therefore I'm not going to listen to you I'm not going to answer you when you are a renegade and he's not going to tell people who had no responsibility because we all have responsibility he's not going to tell them well you weren't important enough for me to hear god hears the renegades god welcomes the prodigals wherever they were wherever they're from whatever their status i called to the lord and he answered me i cried out for help he says, he, he, he understands I almost waited too long. And we'll see this as we get through it. He, he was on death's door. What he's describing is, and we'll talk about it a little bit more in a minute, is, is almost death. I don't, this dude could hold his uh, breath for a long time, it appears. Uh, but, but we see that he, he almost waited too long. But as long as there is breath, there is hope for a person. There is hope for a church. And, 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 I don't even know that Jonah had the breath to speak it. He had the brain waves to think it. That's all he had to do, and, and God heard. I cried out for, for help in the belly of Sheol. Now, what we're thinking here, if, if we've read it, and, and we, we uh, let's see, verse, uh, verse 1 in my translation says, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. I think it would have been much better if these guys had translated it. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. Because then he says, I cried out to you in the belly of Sheol. So he understood that the belly of the, the fish was, was temporary. He knew that that was his salvation somehow. He also knew, though, that the belly of, the, of Sheol was, the perm, was permanent. Sheol was their word for hell or the, the grave or the end. It wasn't hell exactly the way we uh, envision it, way, the way it's been explained to us through greater revelation uh, on into the New Testament. It was, but it was where you went when you died. He's saying, I, I was in the belly of a fish, but I called out to God from the belly of death. And even at death's doorstep, even at the edge of the grave, the edge of uh, the underworld, God heard me. And that belly of the fish became a rescue 
from the belly of Sheol. We lose that, I think, with uh, some of our, our English translation. Uh, and then I think the next slide, Pat, is the just a repeat of that one. Yep, I didn't. Uh, I messed up. I gave you two slides. So just zip through that one and go to the one that says you flung me, um, Pat, for verse 3. He's, uh, Jonah continues in verse 3, you threw me into the depths. Actually, that word. Now, we've been hearing uh, hurled. Uh, they, they hurled, the, the, the sailors hurled the, the, the cargo over the side, and they hurled Jonah. Jonah intentionally, and that word would have been just fine, but Jonah intentionally changes the word here when he speaks of, of what God did to him. God hurled the, the wind at the boat. God hurled the, the, the storm, but God flung Jonah. There's no great spiritual meaning in the word flung versus the word hurled. Jonah is just changing the word so that we see a different image. We hear it differently when we read it because he wants us to see that the sailors didn't do it. The sailors hurled Jonah into the sea. But in reality, it was God flinging Jonah into the sea. It, it, Jonah is standing here, laying here, wrapped up here, um, acknowledging God's sovereignty in all of this. This was God's doing. He, it's, it's really a, a wonderful uh, testimony to, to Jonah having some glimpses of, of, of spiritual depth that he should have had all along. I, again, uh, in my, uh, my sinfulness, would probably have wanted to be mad at the guys on the boat. You know, they, I, I could think of a number of ways they could have helped me. Give me a, give me a, a lifeboat. Throw me some, some crates to, to hold myself up with. Um, something, you know, or, or, but even, even if I don't blame them for that, it's, it's, it's somehow their fault. And they threw me in the ocean. I mean, within the sea, it, it, it was it was them. It wasn't anything I did. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the blame if I can do it. If there's any way that I can blame somebody else for my troubles, I'm gonna do that. That that is our tendency, I believe. Uh, maybe I'm the only one in here that does that. Uh, y'all are y'all are all super holy, but uh, I tend to want to pass the blame. Jonah doesn't do that. Jonah immediately knows, without a doubt, this was God's doing. This is his sovereignty. Because he goes on in that verse, You threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas. The current overcame me. Your breakers, he says. Your billows. He knows God is doing it. But not only does he know God is doing it or has done it, he also knows that God is just in his punishment or, or discipline. It's it, it, He's not saying, God, how dare you do this to me? It's God... You did this. And and there's this sense of acceptance of who did it. Now remember last week I said, too, there's no repentance in this psalm. In this prayer, never once does Jonah say, I was wrong. Not one time. Not, not forgive me or anything. He thanks God for his salvation. He prays for God to rescue him. But he never admits to what got him there in the first place. That's part of that the hardness of Jonah's heart. And what we'll see is 
this lack of repentance now continues to show up in Jonah's life. He never repents of the sin of disregarding the Ninevites and their salvation, the need of the people around him, or just the need of the people where God told him to go. He never repents of that. He does what he's supposed to, but go ahead and read ahead if you would like and see that Jonah never thinks, he never cares about the Ninevites. We're going to see as we get there, he goes, God tells him the message, tell him, repent, or in 40 days you'll be destroyed. Y'all know preachers. That's a 30-minute message at least. That one sentence, that's probably a five-night revival. Just that one sentence. What does Jonah do? Repent, or in 40 days God's going to destroy you. That's it. That's all he does. He does not care about the people. He still doesn't care about the people. He cares about his people, him people. That's all. We see that. But he does understand that God is just and that God is doing it. He also understands what God is doing. Verse 4. But I said, I have been banished from your sight. Jonah really thinks, I believe here, that that God's done with him. I've been banished from your sight. He is. He he believes as he sinks into the water, and and that's that's where he is. He's praying from inside the fish, right? But as we've already read the passage, where he is at this point, as he's looking back, is he's in the water and he's fighting it. And already in the water, just having been thrown in, Jonah is saying. Jonah is looking back and thinking. As soon as I hit the water. I felt I had been banished by God. I was banished from his sight. He was done with me. Wouldn't that have been God's right? Again, I'm not God, and I I wouldn't handle that job very well. But no one would sit here and say, well, God just wasn't right to to let Jonah die in that, that sea. I think we would all say, well, that's exactly what he deserved. This is what he wanted, to get out of God's will, to not be a part of what God was doing, to forsake his calling. So if God had just let him go and banished him from his sight, we would have thought, yep, got what he deserved. But that's not what God did. It appears God uh, is done with him, and we, we hear this almost, this, this, this moan, this, this whining almost. I said, I have been banished from your sight. It, he seems to forget that he was the one that was done with God. We, we do this with our children, right? We, we get the, give them what they ask for. Uh, you know, I, I, I want this, I want this, I want this. And, and we, no, no, you don't need it. It's not good for you. You won't like it. Like Halloween candy. I want to eat it all right now. No, 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 you're not going to eat. No. They sneak off. They eat all their Halloween candy. And an hour later, they come back whining because of their stomach ache. What would you do? I ate all the candy. Well, duh. Told you no. That That's the circumstance here for Jonah. God, leave me alone. God, leave me alone. God, I don't want to do it. God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be with you, God. I don't want to follow you, God. I don't want to, don't want to listen to you, God. Throw him off the boat. They threw me off the boat. God, you left me alone. 
Yeah, Jonah, that's what you asked for. Folks, this is, this is why we... When we imagine people in hell... I, and I, I've heard preachers say this... Um, about folks who believe that everybody gets to go to heaven someday. Uh, universalists. Uh, and, and, and preachers... I, I use that term very loosely. No, let me back up. Preachers say this about universalists. That people who died and went to hell, having rejected God their entire lives, would not be happy if they were sent to heaven. They spent their entire lives rejecting God. Once they got there, they had whined, I knew I wouldn't like this. Praising Him all this time. I mean, it, we, 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 we put thoughts in people's head with that. I, I understand that we, that we don't know. But that's, that's the idea here. We, we, hell is giving people what they have chosen. They chose to be separated from God their entire lives. And then hell is just God saying, fine, that's what you wanted. You got it. We saw that with, we saw something on a much smaller scale with Israel when they begged for a king. God, we want to be like other countries. Other countries have a king. God, I want to be like the other. And God says, fine, you have a king. And they got Saul. And they're like, okay, God, can, can we redo this? This whole king thing, we don't really like it so well. All right, here's David. Oh, this is better. Here's Solomon. Oh, that's pretty good. Boy, he's got a lot of wives, doesn't he? And then we've got a split kingdom. And they fight, and they fight others. And eventually, because of the kings, Israel is no more for, you know, over 2,000 years. So, God gives us what we ask for. Jonah got what he asked for. He wanted to be separated from God, and then when it happened, he wanted to whine about it. But, but you know, it's, it's almost a temporary whining. It's, he's, he is old enough to understand. Our, our three-year-olds are just going to whine about the upset stomach uh, when they eat all the candy. Jonah gets over it. I've been banished from your sight, God, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. Now, it could be uh, that he is talking about praying because they prayed toward the temple. Uh, they, that was the, the way uh, Jews did it. Daniel, if you read Daniel, even in the 400s B.C., that's still how Daniel was praying from, uh, from Babylonian captivity, or uh, the 500s B.C., um, looking toward Jerusalem, toward the temple. So it could be that. But it, most scholars, most conservative scholars, believe what he is saying is not that somehow I'm going to wiggle my way around in this fish so that I'm pointing toward the temple, but that literally one day I'll get to see the temple again. He's, God, it seemed like you had banished me, that you had gotten rid of me, but I'm, I, I, I'm claiming this promise from the inside of the fish, remember that he knows is his salvation, that one day I will see the temple again. Even in his despair, Jonah knew the possibility of his salvation. Did he know the guarantee of it? I think so. But more than that, Jonah knew no matter what happened, no matter what situation he was in, God could save him. Would it have been right for God not to have saved him? Yes. I believe Jonah would have understood that. If he had just let him drown, Jonah would have known, this is what I deserve. Uh, you have banished me from your sight. I have I have been banished from your sight, he says. He, he gets it. He understands it. But he also knows... That as bad as it is, 
as bad as I am, God may save me. He may choose to save me. We must never doubt God's ability. We must never doubt that God can do something great in our lives. We must never doubt that God can save us. We must never doubt that God can restore us. We must never doubt that God can take what appears broken, what appears unusable, what has, I'm going to get personal here, what has been in decline for 12 years. And we must never doubt that God can take that and do something wonderful with it. We may feel like we've been banished from God's sight. We may feel like there's just no way this can turn around. That is not the God we serve. And and, and to say that, that we're at the depths, uh, y'all, I, I'm looking around here and seeing 65-ish, 70 people, it can get a lot worse than this. You know, we had, Harry told me, 212 or something like that in church this morning. It can get a lot worse. So to, so to say we're at the rock bottom, no, we're not even close yet. But we don't have to get there. God can turn it around before we get there. But if we don't, God can turn it around if we do get there. We must never doubt God's ability to get the fish to throw us up on the beach. It's not pretty. It's not a nice thought to think of laying there in that fish's belly stuff. But yet that might be the very thing God uses to get our attention. So we look at this, we say, Jonah had... Uh, I'm going to stop here because uh, we, we there's no way I'm going to get through. Uh, Jonah had opportunity... God could have been done with him, but God was not. So my final thought for tonight is, while we may be concerned about our church, and I hope we are, while we certainly need to worry that that we're reaching a, a, a critical point, and I think we are, we must never despair that God is unable to save us. And it may not look the way we thought. Who would have thought that the fish swallowing Jonah would have been his salvation? That looks like the end. It's not. It's the salvation. And and maybe maybe there's some big fish that's getting ready to swallow our church. And, and, and it's a time for us to say, you know what, God? You heard us as we came to the depths. You heard our cry. You heard our prayer. And you sent this to save us. Lord, we will see your church full again. We will see the mission of the church fulfilled in our town again. We know that even from inside this fish right now, we know that you are going to do something great with us and through us. As he ends it, blessed be the name of God, the name of the Lord. He is my Lord. Salvation belongs to him. And the fish spits us out. And we're ready to minister and do what we're called to do with a renewed focus, a renewed vision, hopefully with a new and better attitude than Jonah had uh, when he got thrown up. But uh, 
we're ready to go. So Donald, come on, lead us in our uh, commitment hymn tonight, commitment song. Just a time for you to worship, to to think about this. Uh, no, no big invitation tonight, though the altar is always open for us to sing uh, or for us to, to pray while we sing. But as we sing, pray for our church. Pray that that is our focus, God's ability to save us and continue to use us. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that that, that we're never too far gone. Uh, the, the, the stories of, of your faithfulness in, in the face of the faithlessness of your people and your churches are too great to ever say you're done with a church, you're done with a person. God, if anybody deserved in, in our terminology and in our vision to uh, be uh, set aside for good by you, Jonah would be that guy. And yet, you still continued to use him. When he prayed, you heard him. You answered the prayer. You saved him from destruction. And you used him to reach thousands and thousands of people. God, may that be our testimony as well. That when the end looked looked or looks imminent, God, that's, that's just our human vision. That's not your plan. That's not your calling. It may get rough. It may take the belly of a fish to truly get us to change. But Lord, send the fish. God, send the fish for this church where we may experience your salvation, your hope, your renewed vision. Lord, and come out on that beach excited about what we can do because we have been in the depths and we've seen your hand. That is a great testimony to the people around us. Lord, use us. Use these last few minutes as we sing to continue to speak to our hearts. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's.